didn't look at me and go, well, she can't get her feet under her. She's done. I'm over with her. No, he gave me a scripture verse that spoke directly to my heart. He didn't look at me in that moment when I had my temper tantrum and I was going to quit my job. No, he gave me a gracious boss that said, you know what? She may be a two-year-old, but we've all had moments like that. So I'm going to give her some grace. He didn't, he didn't stop being the gracious, kind, loving father because I'm human and because I have flaws and I make mistakes. Instead, he rushed into my moments of need with what I needed. Hi, I'm Lori Harp, and this is my podcast. Like most women, I wear many hats. I am a nurse, a wife, a mother, a friend, an encourager, But most importantly, I am a child of the Most High God. For many years, I believed the struggles I faced were because I was doing something wrong. I would hate myself for not being perfect. Then one day, someone told me God loves me where I am. Yes, we all face struggles and we all have things to overcome. But with God, all things are possible. In this podcast, I want to unpack the many issues facing women today. There is nothing in this life, no mistake, no flaw, no scar that is too much for God. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, let's discuss real life issues through the lens of God's love. Get ready, let's harp on it. Hey guys, welcome back to Harp On It Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Harp. Oh my gosh. You guys would not believe the week that I have had. Talk about crazy weeks. I have been on a incredible emotional roller coaster. I have had every emotion known to man. This week, we rolled out a new program at work. And honestly, we were supposed to be doing this program for a while at work, and none of us really were. So they rolled this program out on Friday and it didn't go very well on Friday, but my office, my partner wasn't here on Friday. So I thought that's why it didn't roll out very well. So then come Monday, my partner still wasn't here. So it didn't go very smooth on Monday either. So again, I figured, oh, well, it's probably just because she's not here. To make things a little bit more complicated, my boss and my boss's boss are involved in this process. And so that just adds a little more pressure because they're on the scene. And so it makes everybody just a little bit more edgy to have the bosses on the scene. You know how it is. Everybody just feels a little bit more stressed. So we cruised through Monday. Monday didn't go very well, but it was okay. And then Tuesday comes around. And y'all, I'm really trying to do whatever it is that my bosses are wanting me to do, but I'm missing the boat. I'm not really understanding what it is that they want me to do. But I go through the legwork and I do what I think it is that they want me to do. And I get through it and then I'm cruising on through the rest of my day with my regular job. And um, I think I'm doing as I'm supposed to. And my boss calls me and she says, hey, I need you to come meet with me. And I'm like, I can't. I got stuff going on. And she's like, no, I really need you to meet with me. I misunderstand what she says to me. And like a two-year-old, I throw a catwaller fit and I hang up the phone and I say, well, fine, I'll be at the meeting, but I'm not really very nice about it. I throw a little bit of a temper tantrum. And in the meantime, I pick up the phone and I call my husband and I say, you know what? I'm going to quit. And he's like, quit? What's going on? 
And I'm like, I do not feel appreciated. They don't like me at work. I'm busting my hump and nobody appreciates what I'm doing. And I'm tired of it. I've had my belly full. I'm quitting. And he's like, you can't quit. And I'm like, why can't I quit? And he's like, your kids like to eat. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to quit. So I get down to my boss's office and I go to this meeting and I realize quickly that it is my error in judgment that all of this is all on my end of the game and that um, none of this is on my boss's end. It's all a complete misunderstanding and that I have jumped to many conclusions and now not only have I thrown a temper tantrum upstairs in my office in front of God and everybody, but now I'm in my boss's office and now I have to apologize, eat crow, and tell my boss that I'm sorry and hope that she won't fire me and look like an absolute dork and walk back all this other stuff and then hopefully keep my job and move on. But my boss is amazing and incredibly gracious. She allows me to word vomit and just tell her what's going on, express my frustration with the new process. And you guys, I don't do well with change. I tried to knit one time and I didn't knit because it didn't work well for me. I don't do well with learning new things. So when this new program rolled out, I, I just don't do well with a lot of change. My boss understands that. And so she took a lot of extra time on Tuesday night and spent a lot of time with me, went over all the stuff and really encouraged me, gave me grace, forgave me, didn't fire me, praise God. And so when I left on Tuesday night, I was really, really encouraged. And so I was fired up because I was going to go back on Wednesday morning. I was going to tackle this new process and I was really going to shine for my boss and I was going to do the best that I could and just be the best employee that I could be. I get up Wednesday morning and I don't know what happened, but the enemy is whispering in my ear. I'm convinced that everybody thinks I'm a dork, that the world is against me, and that everybody knows that I have had a temper tantrum at work and that I just am so embarrassed and I feel stupid and I feel ridiculous. And I have now convinced myself that I can't go to work. And now I'm sitting at the dining room table with my coffee in hand and tears are running down my face and my husband and my boys turn around and look at me and they're like, mom, what the heck is going on? And I'm like, I don't want to go to work. I'm embarrassed and I don't want to go to work. And my husband looks at me and he goes, you got to go to work. And I'm like, I don't want to go to work. And he's like, the kids still want to eat. And I'm like, I don't want to go to work. So the boys come over and they pray for me. And John tells me, you know, I really think this is a spiritual battle. I really think that when we launch the podcast, we probably put a target on everybody's chest and that the enemy is just beating you up because he really wants you to quit. He doesn't want you to do the podcast. He doesn't want you to encourage people at work. He doesn't want you to do the best he wants you to do. He's a jerk. He's a dirty liar. And he really wants you to just quit. So the best that you can do is to get up, go to work, do the best job that you can do and be the best person that you can be. 
and I nod my head. I let him pray for me. The boys pray with John. I get in my car. I get to work. I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't go to work. I can't go to work. And I'm having an argument with myself. I'm crying. I've got tears rolling down my face and I am feeling defeated. I am overwhelmed by the feeling of worthlessness that I am not going to make it, that I can't do this. I can't press on. So I pick up the phone. I call my husband. He's like, you got this. We are in this together. God has you. God is with you. God will help you. He is your author and finisher of your faith where you end. He begins and that when we can't do anything else, we stand and we're going to stand in this. And so I open the door and I go to work. And honestly, it's Wednesday and, and I make it through the day just telling myself it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. We're close to Friday. And so we make it through the day. I make it through the me through the process and everything seems to be okay. Nobody's said anything. And then I get to the end of the day and y'all make a rookie mistake. I make a mistake that I haven't made in 14 years of being a case manager. And now I am convinced that I am a moron. I can't figure out what the heck is wrong. Why can't I get my feet under me? What is going on? I can't get my footing. What is happening? So I come home and again, I'm again crying. I am defeated. I feel horrible. And when I sit down, I open up my Bible and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. But I just go to the word of the Lord and I say, Lord, just help me. Help me to find how to get my feet back under me. And the Lord shows me this scripture verse and it says, it's in Psalms 94, 18, and it's 18 and 19. And it says, when my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Y'all, did you hear me when I told the Lord that I couldn't get my footing under me. I couldn't get my feet under me. I couldn't get right standing. I couldn't figure out how to get my feet back under me. And the Lord told me this scripture verse that said, when my foot is slipping, he got me. He understood me. He met me where I was. And he said that his unfailing love supports me. And if he supports me, guys, he supports you. So I went back to work Thursday with an encouragement, knowing that God supported me. Thursday was better than Wednesday, and Friday was even better, y'all. Friday, I got a note from my boss's boss saying that not only did we do a good job, but y'all, we killed it. We killed it. She gave us a kudos and y'all, my partner and I, we did a happy dance. We did a hallelujah, jump up and down, woohoo, jump around for joy dance in our office because we made it through. It is only by the grace of God and the support of my friends and my family that I made it through this week. And it is only because God came through and his grace was sufficient to support me. And he surrounded me with people that girded me up and kept me moving forward.
Y'all, I want to take a minute and move to um, one of my favorite prophets. His name is Elijah. And he's one of my favorite prophets because he's a powerhouse, but also because he's a bit of a smart aleck, and I really appreciate that. Um, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit for time. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 18, we run into a queen named Jezebel. Jezebel has a lot of prophets, and they are prophets that uh, worship the god Baal, and that's God with a little g. And they are setting up uh, altars to this prophet, and they are about to make a sacrifice to this prophet Baal. And we see the prophet, God's prophet, Elijah, come up on the scene, and he is kind of goading these prophets of Baal and telling them to see if their god Baal can light the fire of their altar to burn up the sacrifice. He tells them to go ahead and dress out the sacrifice and put it on the wood and then see if their god Baal can light the wood to burn up the sacrifice. Now, as the day goes on, he continues to kind of goad them a little bit. And he says, oh, is your God asleep? Or maybe you need to be a little louder. Maybe he's not hearing you. And as the day goes on and the king, the prophets go on and they do several different ceremonial things, including cutting themselves and doing ever different things, trying to get the God, little g, Baal, to respond and cause a fire to burn up the sacrifice that they are offering to this little god Baal. And nothing happens. So as we go into the evening here, Elijah comes up and he builds an altar to the true God, God Jehovah. And he comes up and he pulls 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sets them up and then he builds a trench around this altar puts the wood on the altar and he saturates the wood not once, not twice, but three times so that it is extremely wet wood. And then he puts the the ram on top of the, or the, the ram or the, um, it might've been a bull on top of the wood. And then he has enough water that it is also in the trench around the altar so he does this as an emphasis so that there is no possibility of any trickery that can be done to light this wood to burn up the sacrifice on the altar. There is no doubt that anything other than God can light this um, wood to burn up the sacrifice here. Because... Elijah wants to make it known that the God of Israel, that Jehovah God is the only true God. So he's not even giving it opportunity that there could be any doubt that Jehovah God is Jehovah God. So he's making it even harder than it needs to be. 
So he does all these things, sets up this, so the wood is saturated and wet, and there's a trench filled with water around the sacrifice. He steps back from the altar, and he prays to the Lord, and he said, I've done all these things, Lord. Now show yourself, Lord, that you are the one true God. And as he does, the fire comes down from heaven, and then the fire engulfs the entire altar, the water, the wood, and the sacrifice. But it also engulfs and burns up the stones. All of the people standing around bow down and worship the one true God, Jehovah God. And then Elijah had all of the prophets of Baal taken down to the river and slaughtered to further prove his authority. When all of this news gets back to Jezebel, she is very angry. And so Jezebel decrees that she is going to kill Elijah just as Elijah had killed her prophets. And so Elijah, the same one that had called down fire from heaven, the same one that had had those amazing miracles happen, is fearful and runs for his life. And so he runs out into the wilderness and he sits down in the middle of a field and he says to the Lord, I wish that I was dead. He wishes that he was dead because he is trying with everything that he has to convince the Israelites that God is the one true God. And he feels as though he is working with everything he has to do what he is supposed to do and nobody is listening. And so he is frustrated and he feels like he's not getting anything done. And now as payment for doing his job the way that he's supposed to do, now his life is in danger and then now he's got to run for his life. So he is frustrated and he's hit the very end of his rope. So he sits down in the middle of this field, he lays down, he falls asleep and we see that an angel of the Lord comes and touches him on his shoulder, wakes him up and gives him food and water. He goes back to sleep and then an angel of the Lord again wakes him up and touches him on the shoulder, gives him food and water again, and then takes him to the mountain of the Lord and hides him in a cave and tells him that the Lord will come and talk to, come to speak with him. And then we see a large wind come, an earthquake come, a fire come, and then eventually a whisper comes, and it's in that whisper that the Lord speaks to him. And on, after that whisper, Elijah goes out of the cave, and the Lord tells him to go back from which he comes and to anoint a man with oil that will raise up an army that will kill the enemies that are trying to kill him. And that he is to anoint Elisha, who will become the prophet that will follow after Elijah. And he also tells him that there is a remnant of 7,000 people in Israel that have not bowed to the god, little g, Baal. So I want to take a couple of minutes here real quick. I want to lean in on a couple of things. First, Elijah is still a man. 
Even though he has a great relationship with the Lord, he knows who the Lord is. He has tremendous faith in who God is. And yet he has moments of total and utter humanism. He has moments when he feels defeated and feels like he can't move any further. I don't think it's lack of faith. I think it's lack of I I don't think it's lack of faith. I think it's it's just being human. And in that moment, God didn't walk away and go, "Well, I'm done with Elijah. I'm going to move on to the next one." No, he went and ministered to Elijah in that moment. He gave Elijah what he needed. He gave him food, he gave him water, he gave him safety. And then he met him with what he needed. He met him with talking to him and telling him, we need to protect you. So we're going to take out your enemy. We need to give you somebody that's going to follow after you because you're tired and you want to, you want to quit, but we, we need to have somebody follow after you. And then I need to encourage you because it's not that you're just doing this and nothing's happening. Something's happening. There's still 7,000 people that are believing that I am the one true God. Elijah, your prophecy that you are putting out there, what you're doing is making a difference. So God doesn't look at us when we have our moments of being human, our moments of being weak or our moments of being frail. He doesn't look at that and go, "Up, oh, it's over. I'm done." He didn't look at Lori Harp and go, "Gosh, Lori Harp is having a moment of weakness sitting on the couch trying to figure out how to get her feet under her." He didn't look at me and go, "Well, she can't get her feet under her. She's done. I'm over with her." No, he gave me a scripture verse that spoke directly to my heart. He didn't look at me in that moment when I had my temper tantrum and I was going to quit my job and say, well, she's being a two-year-old and I'm going to just let her wallow in it and let her have the consequences of her being a two-year-old. No, he gave me a gracious boss that said, you know what? She may be a two-year-old, but we've all had moments like that, so I'm going to give her some grace. He didn't he didn't stop being the gracious kind loving father because I'm human and because I have flaws and I make mistakes. Instead, he rushed into my moments of need with what I needed, just like he did with Elijah. He gave me everything that I needed this week to keep pushing and keep going until I could see the victory. And you know what? I got to the point this week where I finally got to the point where I could do what I needed to do to get to where I needed to go. Just like Elijah got to the point where he needed to get where he needed to go. He got to the point where he could hear the whisper of God. He got to that point, but it took a little bit of time to get there. Y'all, God does not tell us that we're not going to have times when we might feel like we're losing it or we might feel like we can't take the next step. He doesn't say that. In fact, Jesus says in John, do not be dismayed or do not be surprised that in this life we're going to have troubles. 
but be of good cheer. Why? Because I've already overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome. So if Jesus has already won the battle, then we can be of good cheer because he is going to come in and help us win the battle over and over and over again. Y'all, this week has been brutal, but praise God, he had the victory and he got me through this. I am extremely grateful that I am surrounded by amazing people in my life. I could not have done this week without John Harp, Michael Harp, Miranda Harp, and Matthew Harp in my corner because they have spurred me on and encouraged me every direction that I go. I have friends in my corner that I will not name all their names, but God has put an office mate in my corner that loves me and encourages me. I have people that have come up to me and spurred me on and moved me on. God put a manager and a boss and a, a boss's boss and a boss's boss boss that all encourage me that I'm going to make it and that I'm going to be able to do these things. Y'all, God has put these people in my path to keep encourage me, keep encouraging me, and I am so grateful for that. I know that things get tough, and I know that personally things get really, really hard. But I want to encourage you that no matter where you are in this process, whether you're going in, you're going through, or you're coming out, God has your back. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he loves you. And he's going to see you through wherever you are. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Thank y'all so much for tuning in today. If you want to stay in the know for all things Harp Ministries, check out our website at harpministries.org. In there, you'll see the latest episodes of Harp On It, upcoming events, and our newly released book entitled, How Can I Leap Tall Buildings When I Can't Get My Tights On? Thank you again for tuning in today. See y'all next week.